In this episode, we are going to fight the dad bod. We are diving back into how you can own your health and win with your health this fall. Not only am I going to give you the step-by-steps you need to take right now so you can feel your best before the new year's and you can hit your health goals this year in 2022, I am joined by my friend and past client, Ed Draves. Ed is going to share how his transformation of losing over 90 pounds changed his life. Not only his health, but his family life, his ability to serve, and his ability to connect with others. I'm excited for you to hear this conversation with me and my friend, Ed Draves. You are listening to the Dads Making a Difference podcast, the number one podcast for men driven to live a life of significance. Men who want to make a difference in the lives of their families, in their business, and in the world around them. My name is Cam Hall, founder of Fight the Dabot and leader of the Dads Making a Difference Mastermind. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Now, let's dive in. Hello, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the Dad's Making a Difference podcast, man. I'm excited for today because we're doing something different. For the last, you know, three to four months in our episodes, we've been bringing in guests to share uh, their areas of expertise, and it's been so valuable. And then this fall, I started seeing some men struggle with their health, struggle with, you know, the balance, or maybe they were reflecting on their 2022 goals and realized there was only three months left, and they were starting to reach out with some questions. So I was going to do a solo episode on the topics I'd cover and fight the dab on. Uh, PFC every three, blood sugar stabilization, taking control of your health. And I got about 10 minutes into that recording and I stopped it because it's just boring (laughs) with just me. I always love having really meaningful, valuable conversations. And you can see here, if you're looking on YouTube, that I'm not alone today. I have a guest. I will call him a guest host today. I'm joined by Mr. Ed Draves. Now, some of you who've been around Fight the Dabod for a while will recognize Ed's name. Ed has an amazing story. I had the privilege of working with Ed. He was one of my clients. We were just talking before we pressed record about three years ago, and he was able to completely transform his life. And instead of me just telling you what Ed did, I thought it'd be really cool to bring him on as one of the past Fight the Dabod clients, but also as a dad who's committed to making a difference, making a difference in more ways than just losing weight, feeling fit, which was all important to Ed. But when you hear his story, you're going to hear how taking control of his health impacted his life in so many other ways. And so Ed Draves, you're right here with me right now, brother. Man, I am excited to speak with you and introduce you to the people who listen to the Dad's Making Difference podcast because I know the Fight the Dabog community already knows your name. So welcome to the DMD podcast. It's great to be here. Uh, and thank you for having me. Yeah, it's it's good to connect. And I know that you're like, should, should we do this? How are we going to do this? And so I, I fired Ed some questions in advance. So we're going to go back and forth in conversation. But Ed, why don't you start right away uh, just sharing maybe a little bit about your story? Uh, what led to you and I meeting three years ago? And then we can dive into what happened since. Sure. I was uh, actually very thin growing up uh, and physically fit. I was an active guy. Uh, and then slowly, especially after I quit smoking, I started putting weight on. 
And then when I got married, I put more weight on, more weight on. And uh, at one point, I weighed 300 pounds. Uh, I think it was 301 or 302 to be exact. It was shocking, you know, because you get the creep. And I actually was part of an online mastermind where you were a guest speaker. That's right. And uh, you were you were talking about about fitness and health. And I talked to my wife about it. I reached out. Uh, we connected. You found me to be a good fit. And you started out uh, as my coach and accountability partner, became my friend. And I managed to get myself down in the 210 range. That's right. So I dropped about 90 pounds. <laughs> yeah. Had to buy all new clothes. Which I'm not that sorry about. <laughs> And the key to keeping the weight off is to, up. well, you follow the plan, but you donate all the clothes that you under, undergrew, outgrew, uh, yeah. because it, when I fall off plan for just a little bit, my pants tell me when it's time to get back on. There you go. And you don't have the backups in the closet that you used to have to say, it's okay, I'll just wear those old ones because you get rid of them. Right. And you know what? I had friends. I had actually a friend of mine who was on a weight loss journey, a health journey, who started out at about 400 pounds. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I gave him his transition clothes. So it yeah. worked out well for everybody. Amazing. You know, you, you lost so much weight in that time we were working together that some people were like, Ed, what are you doing? Like, is, are, you, are you healthy? I remember you being asked, Ed, are you healthy? Is everything okay? <laughs> and, you know, you work a full-time job, super demanding, but you also have other things in your life that you're passionate about. Uh, we know you lost 90 pounds. We know that you continued to lose weight and you've been able to keep it off and you're feeling your best. And, and we can get into the plan in a little bit later, but I think it's really important for people to get a picture of what you had going on in your life and what was really motivating you to lose the weight. Well, when I was heavy, uh, we, I would work, come home, or, or, or do a social activity, but I would do it sitting down. Hmm. On, on Saturdays when I worked later, I would have to save my energy to, you know, I couldn't do anything the mornings I had off because I, I would wear myself out for the evening. Uh, I recall going to Disney with my wife. And being grumpy the whole time, because when you're carrying that extra baggage with you, mm -hmm. you know, being in that kind of heat and humidity is horrible. So my life beforehand, I was having a good time. I was enjoying everything I did uh, because I didn't know any better. Ah, yeah. You know, such an eye if, I went, yeah, if I went back to that from where I am, I would be so disappointed in myself. You know, not because of the way I look. Frankly, my wife, my wife would love me if I was 800 pounds. She'd want me to live a lot longer than a 800-pound person would live, though. Right. But, yeah, uh, and I just, uh, it's the way eating right makes me feel, uh, staying on plan. The, the PF3, the the stable sugar in my bloodstream, the insulin, yeah. uh, without peaks and valleys, 
Cam, I used to, on Sunday mornings, my daughter Pearl and I, sometimes after church, we'd go out to this local donut place and they had these donuts just about the size of a head. And, and I would eat one. And if I had one now and I've tried, I get what, what, what you'd call a food hangover, I guess. Yeah, a lethargic, feeling gross. Yeah. And I don't like that feeling anymore. Uh, I like doing things. I like being active. I like doing, uh, you know, uh, things around the house. I'm a better husband because I'm doing more housework, taking the burden off my wife. She's not vacuuming around a guy sitting on the couch. There's no one on the couch. I'm vacuuming so she doesn't have to. Man, like- I can, can I pause you there? Because I remember I have notes from our very first call that very first call where we were just discovering if, you know, it'd be a fit for you to work with fight the dab on for you and I to work together, because I don't just work with anyone. Uh, if you're listening to this and you want to work with me, we have a one-to-one call and we dive in and make sure that you're committed. And I knew Ed was committed, uh, but I remember what Ed said. And you said to me, I want to be able to come home after work and have energy to cut the lawn. Like I, But it was so symbolic, right? It's so symbolic of where a lot of men are right now. Men are coming home from work. They're exhausted. They're lethargic. They're not eating properly. They have no energy. Sure, they want to lose weight so they look better. Like you go down the street and you say, hey, would you like to look better? 90% of people would be like, yeah, okay. Like I'm pretty confident in who I am. But yeah, looking better is never a bad thing. But for you, there was so much more to it. And I remember you explicitly saying that, and it will always stick with me because it's just symbolic of where so many guys are at. We just want to be able to have the energy to give back, have the energy to be present, to do the little things that we feel that are important in our homes. So no, I, I thank you. Thanks for bringing that up again, uh, for being able to like have energy and be more present in the home. I think that's important. Well, and, you know, and, because at the time, I didn't realize how much better my life could be. Mm. Because you don't realize until you experience better. But once I started to eat right, even before all the weight came off, even when I was still somebody who, you know, if I was to go shopping, I'd have to go into the portly section. Even then, once I started eating right, I had the energy to do things like bike ride with my daughter. I had the energy to do things around the house. The energy uptick happened almost right away. The feeling better happened almost right away. I would have done the coaching program. I would have done everything with absolutely zero regrets if I did not change a shirt size. And the only thing that happened was I felt better. And that's what people have to realize is how much better you feel when you eat well. That's right. That's right. I want to dive into how we, we, you and I, now that we've worked together, how we can Uh, classify eating well. So I'm going to take a moment just to explain what Ed was doing. When Ed came into the program, we needed to get his food right. We needed to get nutrition right because nutrition will always be your foundation. Exercise will help maximize your results. Um, And there was limits, right? With With being 300 pounds, there was limits with the amount of exercise you could do. But we dove into nutrition. And so if you're listening to this right now, you're like, well, where do I start? Where do I start? You need to start by understanding that food is a fuel for your body. It is not a tool to lose weight, right? Ed, can you speak to just 
you know, quickly about that, how you had to maybe shift the mindset from I'm dieting, quote unquote, to I'm using food as fuel. Well, right away, I had to change my mindset from three meals a day to we did five in a snack. Yeah, but they were you were small. eating so much more. You're like, are you sure this is the right thing to do? And I said, trust the process. Trust, trust how your body uses food as fuel. <laughs> and I wasn't eating enough in the morning. That's right. And I was drinking coffee in the morning. And I remember you made me stop drinking coffee. Okay. And hold on, hold on, hold on. You weren't just eat, drinking coffee. How much coffee were you drinking? I was drinking a pot every morning. Whoa. And I was strong coffees. Strong coffee. And but you you cut it out. You didn't do it cold turkey, right? We went, we I said, don't do it because the headaches will kill you. But we want to get all this caffeine and this stimulant out of your body so we can hit a reset. And so over a period of time, you slowly came back uh, and you drew back to one cup. I remember when you were down to one cup and you're like, I'm doing it. And then that was it. And it was su- that was such a big win for you. And I want just to let, let let's be realistic. How long did it take uh, for you to work down from a cup of co- like a pot of coffee in the morning, which is eight to ten cups? Cups to no coffee. I think we we had a six week plan. That's right. Um, and we we uh, we got it down gradually, and then I had to be without coffee for our. Uh, I we I remember we timed it so the Christmas morning I could have coffee. That's exactly right. I wanted you to bring that up because it, it was. I'm not saying if you're listening to this or watching this that coffee is a bad thing. But coffee is something that can increase cortisol levels in your body, which can cause bloat and inflammation around your midsection and weight gain. And it's also an appetite suppressant. And so when Ed was talking about eating more often during the day, what that looks like is I would coach Ed and other men and fight the dad bod and still do to eat PFC every three proteins, fats, carbohydrates every three to four hours in proper portion sizes to your body and to your metabolism so that your blood sugar stays stabilized. Well, you can't do that if you're not hungry. You can't do that if you're intaking coffee and that appetite suppressant is going to keep you from fueling your body consistently. So, and, and sorry to interrupt, but yes, it took, I remember it took six weeks and you're like six weeks. And I said, this is a 1% mindset piece. Like you, this is your body's get addicted to caffeine and coffee. It's a practice. There's a psychological piece to it. There's a biological physiological piece to it, but it took time. And then I remember like you were without coffee, no coffee for like two months, but it was Christmas morning. I remember you were able to have your cup of coffee and you're like, ah, it's so good, but I couldn't drink a, I couldn't drink a pot right now. It'd make me sick. (laughs) You know, it is interesting because once you start eating right, and once you cut out the excess grease, the excess sugars, uh, the excess things that are bad for you, you know, the, the cut out the quick carbs, your body rejects those things once they come back. If I had a donut this morning, we wouldn't be doing this interview right now because I'd be up on the couch sleeping. Uh, you know, if uh, coma, yeah, it, it, yeah, if. Um, you know, if, if when I go out to one of the, the steakhouses, if I have the the onion that they put in the grease and they, you know, the, you oh, know yeah. and if I have one of those, because I've tried, <laughs> I'm sick, I'm sick the next day. Yeah. Yeah. When I deviate from the plan, my body lets me know 
that I'm not, you know, I'm not doing something right. If I have too much coffee to this day, if I were to drink a pot of coffee, I still, I, I'm back to drinking coffee. Yeah. I have a cup. I drink I coffee cup, every morning. It's all good. I have a cup or two every morning. We, we use the Keurig. Sometimes on a Saturday, uh, I'll make a small pot and, uh, and split it with my wife and we we rarely would finish it but if i were to drink a pot by myself today of what i used to drink again we wouldn't be doing this interview because i wouldn't be feeling well right, right. you know so some- yeah we we revamped your nutrition we t- and it wasn't me just like pardon the pun spoon feeding you information it was teaching you how f- your body was using food as fuel. It was teaching you how to make this a lifestyle because I want you, if you're the listener right now, if you reach out and you're like, Cam, I need some help with this. I want you to walk away with the knowledge you need to make this a lifestyle. And I feel that you have that, right? Do you feel that that was like the outcome minus losing 90 pounds, which is incredible? It's become a lifestyle in that I'm used to eating at certain times. My, my body, my schedule is geared around five meals and a snack. My work schedule is geared around five meals and a snack. Uh, and even if I'm not hungry in the morning, like this morning, I, I got up at five and then it's quarter after six. And I'm like, wait a minute, my body's going to need fuel. So I went and I had some protein oats with just a little bit of organic uh, almond butter uh, and it was tremendously amazing but uh you know and so that part of my my lifestyle is because it's become part of my lifestyle but also there's a flip side to that the other side of the coin is that i need that energy to do the things that i do if i were to go back to eating like i did three years ago starting tomorrow by this weekend i would be so behind on everything i like doing want to do Mm. that uh it would, uh, it would be stressful. Yeah. You know, and I, I alluded to this at the beginning of, of our interview, you know, we've talked about the nutrition and for those of you who are looking for some nutrition help, um, I'm going to include a link in the bottom of the show notes for this episode where you can reach out to me and I can get you the, free, I'm going to give you my free guide, seven steps, lose seven pounds in seven days. And what that will do will give you the outline, the exact steps actually Ed took in his first two weeks with me so that you can lose bloat inflammation and start feeling better right away. And so I'll be able to, I'm going to give that to anybody who's listening to this episode, but we talked about the food. I want to talk about the significance of why you did this and what you experienced after the weight loss, because I know you're a guy who's passionate about getting involved. And one of the things that you uh, will get into multiple things now that I think of it, but the first thing I want to talk about is that you had, you were on a mission to become a a liver donor, a liver lobe donor to talk about that. Sure. Well, I'm, I'm a living kidney donor. Um, when I donated the kidney, I was 256 pounds, hmm. which is, uh, I was so hard for me to be disciplined enough to this way because I had to get down to 256 from, from somewhere in the 260s uh, that I lied about my height to make my BMI good enough to do it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it turns out they weigh you. 
but they don't measure you. So I got away with it. Uh, and it, it only saved me a couple pounds, but it was very important to me at the time mm. because I was, uh, at the time I was eating what I was eating. Uh, and I was just going out in the garage and exercising until I didn't feel well. Yeah. And that was my plan before I knew you. And, uh, mm. but I donated the kidney. And when you don't, when you do that, they, they, uh, they have to take it out through your stomach. So you can't really do any exercise. Your core is compromised for, you know, a few weeks. Although I did, I donated on a Friday and I was mall walking by Monday, the donation process. I can't say enough good things about it. Anybody who wants to learn about organ donation, please reach out to me. I had such a positive experience with it that I learned about liver lobe donation mm -hmm. and I looked into it. Uh, once I started losing weight, because if you if you're at all overweight, you're not allowed to donate because a fatty liver, when they transplant, there's just something about it that it, it'll get rejected. That's I'm right. not a doctor, but yeah. that's what they told me. They said, you, you have to have a BMI and I'm, I'm not a big fan of BMIs, but that's what they, they yeah. used. Uh, and you can't have any fat. So I'm there. Uh, working with the people at the hospital and they knew how big I was when I did the, the kidney donation. That's right. Yeah. And they interview you about your health, about what's going on. And well, I recently lost a lot of weight and this, well, you probably can't give because, you know, when, when you drop weight and you don't do it right, you look good, but you still have fatty organs. Yes, that's right. That's what they, they, they taught me. And turns out, though, they did all their tests. They did uh, every, everything. And my liver had no fat in it or no excess fat, I should say. My, my liver was healthy. They could not believe that I dropped so much weight in so little time and that I did it in such a way that my organs also lost the fat. Yeah. Which was pretty incredible. Uh, it turns out, by the way, that I had a, uh, uh, a, a bile duct crossing my liver lobes. Mm -hmm. So I got rejected. Yeah. However, you know, the takeaway though, is that kidney donation was so easy and, and so stress-free that I was looking to donate again. Yeah. And where can, if somebody's listening to this right now, and I think this is so important uh, because we talk about donation in a lot of different ways. A lot of people say, well, I'm a donor. And so if they pass away, they're a donor, but there's a lot of opportunities to be a living donor. And so where could someone go a link that we could put in the show notes for them, Ed, where they could go and learn more about this. The kidney foundation is, is a good place. They can call their, their, their local transplant center. Most, uh, I think any large city is going to have a transplant uh, center. You can give altruistically mm. and it's, and like I said, and they do a thorough medical exam. Of course, there's always risks with any surgery. You go to have a of tooth pulled as a risk, but they make sure that you are able to give and, and carry on afterwards. And my app has been so fantastic, uh, I just was in touch with uh, with the transplant hospital. I got a note from her two, three days ago because I had a MRI for something unrelated and 
I asked them to send it over to the transplant hospital so that they could check out my remaining kidney just to make sure all was good. And they did it for me for free. Yeah. Amazing. (laughs) Very cool. And so you went through this whole process and, you know, I was alongside you during this. And I know that, you know, you got to that very last test and it found out there was an anatomical piece that wouldn't let you have the surgery to do it. And you could have been really deflated and really disappointed. And I think there's some disappointment, but the journey that you were on and the purpose that you had, man, I admire that about you. You are always eager to give. You're always eager to serve others. And I wanted to use this as a little bit of a segue into your mission work. And because I remember you sharing a picture with me before we started or sometime during your coaching journey of you serving in Mexico and then a picture when you were done of you serving in Mexico. And those pictures looked very different. Hey guys, I wanted to take a moment and talk about our community of DMD brothers in the DMD mastermind. We are men who help each other to stay focused and intentional in our pursuits of personal, professional, physical, financial, emotional, and spiritual growth. We are a community of men who bring courage, wisdom, and transparency to unfiltered conversations that challenge us to be more impactful men, to be dad's making a difference. We do this through our online and in-person events where men come together to speak into each other's lives and then turn around and do the deep work to create change in their families, in their businesses, and in the community around them. If you are wondering if this community might be right for you, you can find more information on the DMD Mastermind and you can also book a call directly with me at dmdmastermind.com. Now, let's get back to our show. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, when I go to Mexico, we do service projects, among right. other things. And one of the, I mean, I, I go with an, uh, an outfit called Adventures in Life, and I go on a men's mission trip. And you're drinking water. One of our big things is air filters to people. and uh, the water filters we, we, um, we use, I actually drink the water down there, even though I have one kidney, that's how good these filters are. Mm. And, but as far as service projects go, they had me working with the people who can't do much, Mm. you know, they had me, uh, not doing the physical is a better way to put it because everybody works hard, but they didn't have me doing things like the concrete work. They didn't let have, you know, I was painting instead of doing concrete work. I was, uh, I was not able to dig because it's not humid there, but it's hot. Yeah. And if you're carrying around 300 pounds, you can't do concrete work. Yeah. I remember the picture that the initial picture you sent me, I uh, was you and a couple guys, you had a paint bucket in your hand and it was just like this small space that they kind of said to you, all right, Ed, like this is, this is your space for the, for the time that you're here. And I got to jump right to it. The picture you sent me after <laughs> that we were working, you were standing on a roof. <laughs> so things changed. Yeah. We were painting the roof and yes, I was able to climb up there and yeah, paint, painting the roof. And that is something I could not have done uh, before. A lot of the things that I do now, 
I could not have done three years ago. A lot of the things that I do now, I couldn't have done. I'm 53. I know I don't look it, but, but there's a lot of things that I can do now easily that I would not have been able to do in my 30s mm. because I was carrying around uh, the equivalent. I'm a wine salesman by day. Yeah. yeah, I was carrying around the equivalent of two cases of wine around my belly. I mean, if you really want to extra you know, over and above what I carry around now. And that's exhausting. But Ed, you know, you speak that's exhausting. The weight was exhausting for you. Um, obviously, your health wasn't in a place that you wanted to be, and we were able to work through that. But there is always obstacles that that we face, right? In any journey we take, we have obstacles. What were some of the obstacles that you faced, you know, before, even when we were working uh, together in Fight the Dabod, and then after? Well, the biggest obstacle was and and where i needed coaching the most and where i needed accountability the most and a friend the most mm-hmm. was changing my entire routine changing mm-hmm. the things that i did uh you know w- what i was doing was not working we knew that okay so i had to be open to changing anything and everything including you know the the guy who would sit and and drink coffee for two hours yeah couldn't do that anymore and to this day there are people who think you just did it to mess with me just so you know (laughs) but uh, (laughs) uh, but the hard part was getting started with that Mm -hmm. once i saw the results of the new routine and we're going back three years but it was not more than a week or two when i started to actually feel better yeah. And where the people at work, my boss recognized that I was doing a better job. You know, I, I lost I lost 10 pounds quite quickly because I was losing bloat. But before he noticed my clothes fitting differently and me looking differently, he noticed that my energy level and my work ethic had changed. So he helped arrange for me to be able to eat PFC every three. That's right. You know, by arranging my breaks so that I could do that. Uh, the biggest obstacle was actually recognizing what I was doing was not working. I was not feeling well. I was not doing my best. I thought I was doing okay, but looking back, I was doing quite horribly. But having, uh, but that was the first obstacle. Uh, learning how to shop. And again, you helped me. I remember I used to have to take pictures of my grocery cart and text them to you. So you <laughs> could tell me if I was missing something. That's and right. to this day, when I got a really good cart going on, I'm like, I want to send this to Cam. And you <laughs> still can. You still can. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, in finding the foods and then finding the things I liked because the foods, you know, because as I got away from things like, like, like greasy foods and, um, simple carbs. Once I got away from that, uh, I had to rediscover what I wanted to eat. And I mean, I, I still go back to some of the foods I used to have. Um, you know, if there's a cheese platter out, I don't eat the whole thing anymore, but I'll still have some. Uh, but you know, rearranging, the foods and my routine were the biggest obstacles uh, 
the biggest challenge since we've stopped our 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 co- you know, our, our day-to-day or our week-to-week coaching relationship would be uh, sometimes there are three, four, five nights in a row where because I'm out active in the community, I have to eat what other people put in front of me, which is not always balanced, which is not always what I need. Uh, how I overcome that is, well, number one, my pants tell me when I've done it too many days in a row. <laughs> number two, uh, if you're on plan immediately before and you taught me that if you have to go way off plan just to get back on plan as soon as possible. And if it's a, you know, if, if something happens and you have a big piece of cake, maybe have less carbs in your next meal. Yeah. You know, like strategies, like useful, realistic strategies. We weren't, you know, what Ed did, and what you did in your plan, we're not depriving your body of foods. You know, you mentioned, I might not eat those foods anymore. It's not because you can't, it's because you choose not to. And if you do, it's on a limited basis because you're in control. And when you're faced with something that's not in your plan, your lifestyle, your choices, whether it's food or actions or whatever you're presented with, there's strategies you can use in that situation to help you win. And for you, it's okay, I'll have this meal, but I'm going to jump right on plan right after. I'm going to limit my portion sizes. I'm going to, you know, balance my carbohydrates and my proteins and my fats in different ways. I'm going to have this piece of cake at the birthday. Man, I love cake. I'm a sucker for donuts. Like I love baked goods. I just know that I can't have four of them, right? It's, right. it's life in balance. It's a healthy balance, but understanding how that balance works, right? Um, can I circle back to something you said with your obstacles? You said one of the obstacles men faced and that you faced was just getting started. And we're heading to a time type of year right now where we're in quarter four of the year. So if you're in business, you know, it's quarter four. So we're in, you know, October, November, December, but this is the time of year that, you know, Thanksgiving and Canadian Thanksgiving is just around the corner here for me, but Thanksgiving in the United States happens, you know, next month. And then we're into the holidays And it's a time guys reflect and they'll look back and go, oh, shoot, I had these health goals at the beginning of 2022, but how much progress have I actually made? And they'll start to look forward. Instead of looking now, they start to look forward to next year, New Year's 2023. New me in 2023 is what they're thinking, right? And so that's a dumb slogan. I'll never use it. But it it is like, that's their mindset right now. How do you, how would you approach men or what would you say to men who are thinking right now or maybe on the fence about getting started and who are looking forward to starting in New Year's as opposed to immediately? Boy, you know, why would you want to feel lousy on Christmas? <laughs> you know, uh, Good point. you know, uh, I would tell them don't start tomorrow. Start now. You know what, if you've, if, if you're watching this and, and, and you're sitting down uh, in front of your TV with, and you just finished a big plate of, of fried chicken and, and big mashed potatoes, you know what, it doesn't mean you can't start now because all that stuff's already in you. You know, when you start, you start right at that point and your very next meal before you go to bed within an hour of going to bed, something balanced and healthy. 
something like fruit and Greek yogurt, uh, you know, it, you know, just a little light something and just start then and then get up in the morning. Yeah. Have a healthy breakfast, yeah. have a healthy snack, have a healthy lunch. And before you know it, uh, I don't deprive myself of anything. I just don't want that stuff anymore. That's right. You know, I can drive by that donut shop and, you know, my wife could come home with a, a donut the size of my head and it'll sit there because I, I don't like the way it makes me feel. Uh, it tastes pretty good going down, but not as good as uh, uh, I learned how to make a pretty mean protein shake with, with uh, frozen fruit chocolate and just a little bit of organic peanut butter yeah uh, you know and to me that's like dessert yeah. i just want <laughs> to reinforce what you said about why don't wait and start now because it doesn't have to be hard it doesn't have to be this big production it has to, doesn't have to be difficult it just needs to work and right. i think that's something you said you were surprised about when we started it was like a lot of guys will have this food fear i'm not going to be allowed going to be allowed to go out for a date night with my wife where it's not that well i'm not allowed to have that cake i'm not allowed to have that coffee donut. it's just like i'm choosing not to do that right now like right now i'm focused on this i'm choosing not to do that but no one i've ever worked with is done eating donuts or cake or coffee or you know whatever for the rest of their lives it's a period of time where we hit a reset we work together, we educate on food, we educate on how it can be easy to eat healthy and how sometimes eating healthy is easier than eating unhealthy and what it does for your body. So no, I appreciate you uh, bringing that a little bit. It, it, it doesn't have to be hard. It just needs well, to work. It's easy. Uh, once And once you get, you know, after a couple of days of doing it, it starts to become more natural. And it was a lot easier habit to break than quitting smoking. I can tell you that. <laughs> and I the, uh, uh, and you get addicted to the way it makes you feel. Yeah. You know, good. and and so you don't want that lethargic feeling anymore. And you know, yeah. I mean, so I I still have cake, but I won't go for the corner or the piece with the flower on it anymore. <laughs> Yeah, there you, you know, go. which was oh, I used to time myself in line so that the corner would be there when I was there. But we've all done it. <laughs> the thing is, I you know, if I ate the corner now, the corner piece with all the icing, you know, I I would uh, I'd be done for the day. Yeah, you know, and uh, so it's and it is easy once you get on plan, and once you get on plan, it's the way you're going to prefer to eat because it, it works. And shopping is not hard for me. I know what to buy. I know, you know, I got used to, uh, to shopping in the produce section. Mm -hmm. Produce is amazing. Uh, you know, I, I tell you, a piece of, of, of fruit tastes better than the big heads, head donut, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, chicken breast tastes good. Lean meats, ground turkey, you season it up, you know, you can do all sorts of things with it. Yeah. And it becomes fun. It's yeah. a, uh, and the simplicity of it. Yeah. You know, that's like, important. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, 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 you know, the four ounces of, uh, of carbs, four ounces of, of protein and a little bit of, uh, of fat. Yeah. 
That's good. Because simplicity allows it to be sustainable too. Like we all live real lives that are busy and you're a busy guy. Uh, and I always ask the guys these questions and people who come on this question. I want to ask you this question. Uh, what are you working on right now? Or what do you have as going on as a dad or as a husband? An area that you're growing in or that you're excited about right now? Well, my daughter just started college. Okay. So we, yeah. we yes, little Pearl is now, uh, she's, she's going to be a teacher when she grows up, but she's, uh, uh, well, and she is grown up, but, but she's out of the house more than she's in now. You know, she still lives at home, but she's got an active work life, school life and everything. And I recognized that, uh, you know, my son's already out of the house. My wife and I are done being parents. That mm. was a focus of our marriage for 22 years. Uh, and, you know, first when, you know, we, when we first got my son and then uh, when, when Pearl was born, uh, we, so we, we recognize that, okay, the focus of what we're doing is shifting. So we didn't want when Pearl ends up moving out of the house, getting married or whatever she does to just sit there and, and, you know, have our one or two cups of coffee across from a stranger. So we started reconnecting and doing things uh, together. We take evening walks, we spend time and we intentionally make time for each other. Whereas before it was, well, got to take this kid here and Chris needs this, Pearl needs that, you know, we got to get this for school. Uh, now that they're, they're independent, you know, that's what, I, that's what we're working on. And we're having a very good time. It's, uh, you know, we're dating again, Cam. And, it's you know, you talk about, very cool. I, uh, we go out, uh, yeah, my lights did funny things too. <laughs> did you see that? Yeah. If you're not watching this, you're listening. Ed and I have both had instances where the lights have just gone off in our offices and popped back on. So, <laughs> well, I've got a, uh, I brought my house plants in that yeah. were on the porch and I have a grow light that, that is on a timer and I didn't think that go. it might go off. But, um, but, you know, my wife and I, uh, after church, we started going out to breakfast on Sunday. And you can do that. You can go to a Denny's. You can go to a place of that nature and still eat on plan. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if I'm if I'm allowed to to to, to name a, a chain restaurant on your podcast, <laughs> yeah, I don't. know. Maybe we'll get a sponsorship if we breakfast all around. <laughs> but but any of those places, you know, you you got to just look at the menu and say, hey, I can do this, this, and this. So you're not. We're not missing out. We're actually. Yeah more of that than I was when I was overweight. You know, I can't use the word fat because somebody got offended because they were the size that I used to be and they considered themselves to be in okay shape. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, well, it, thanks for sharing. That's such a cool period of transition for, you know, you and your wife and your family. Um, no, thanks for sharing that and giving us a glimpse of what that looks like. You know, my children are young, so I'm not quite there yet. We're just in the transition where they're starting to be all over and we're running them all over the place. Uh, Ed, as we close today, what is one tip or encouragement that you would have for the listener? One encouragement that I would have would be 
to really take a look at where you want to be in five years, 10 years, 15 years. If you're carrying around a spare tire right now, or even if you're thin but not eating well, and you don't have the energy you should, you know, if you're not eating enough, think of where you want to be in five years, you know, uh, in 10 years. And if you're thinking to yourself, well, you know, yeah, one of these days I'm going to have to stop having two of the big cheeseburgers for, for lunch every day. Yeah, that day is now. Are you waiting for that end? Because it just came. Because you want to make the changes while it's still a choice before the doctor says you can't have cheeseburgers at all. That's you right. know, you make know. the change now. Right. So I would look to the future, see where you want to be, and then start, you know, begin with your end in mind, as Stephen Covey would say. And uh, your life will be, you know, be the person you want to be. You know, don't be the person, you know, if you're the, if, if you wish that there was something better about yourself physically and what you can do, you can make that happen. It's just a little bit of effort. And it does, it's, if you'd have asked me how hard it was going to be before we started, I would have said, it's going to be impossible. This is going to be the hardest thing I've ever done. This is going to hurt. And yeah. it didn't hurt. Even quitting the coffee didn't hurt because we did it right. That's right. Yeah. And so that would be my advice. Thanks, Ed. Appreciate you. And Ed, thank you for coming on today. You know, I reached out to you just a few days ago and said, hey, let's do this. Let's do something different. Let's have you on to talk about your journey because I, I appreciate you so much. Uh, you're such an advocate for good health uh, in men and in the Fight the Dabog community. And thank you so much for uh, being my guest today. Thank you for joining me today on this episode of the Dad's Making a Difference podcast. I hope you found value in today's show. And if it made a positive impact on you, please share it with someone you know, leave a five-star review, and subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. I'm Cam Hall. Thank you for spending time with me today. And I will see you on the next episode of the DMD podcast.